everybody, it's your boy Cranberry Gato, your host with Learning with Conversing, and today was a really, really, really good one. I hope you guys really enjoy. I had my childhood homie, uh, Edgar, on the show, and we talked about a lot of stuff. Like, man, it felt like we could talk forever. Um, I think this one went, like, really good fl- uh, flow together. We were just talking about... Um, Talked about how we met, uh, how we worked at In and Out for a little bit. Not nothing too crazy on the In and Out thing, but um, started talking about like football, a lot about sports, um, how the Falcons are the way better than the Niners. Um, yeah, even uh, he's a Niner fan. He said like, yeah, bro, the Falcons are hella better than the Niners. You'll hear that in the interview. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking, Edgar. <laughs> no, but it was a really good talk- conversation. We were joking around, laughing. Um, I, you could really feel the energy in this one, and we talked about some body dysmorphia. We talked about um, how he struggled with that and um, how he plans on getting better. Um, he's one of my newest clients, by the way, and yeah, I look forward on helping him. And it was a really nice conversation. Uh, our random topic was about cultures, and we kind of got into that. We gave our, our spill on that. That was a really good conversation, and I hope you guys listened and enjoyed to that part, too. And happy Monday. I hope everyone's having a great day. I'm pretty sure you're probably not going to listen to it today. And if you do, thank you. And if not, happy Tuesday or happy whatever day you listen to this to. I'm glad you're listening and I hope you enjoy. So what's up, bro? What's up, man? Um, introduce yourself a little bit. All right, man. So my name's Edgar. Um, same age, same everything. We went to school together all the way until about what fifth grade. So I think we switched middle schools. Yeah, I switched middle schools. I went to went started at Fremont with Cranberry, and then switched over when we moved to Oakland, and started going to Delta Vista. And then just so happened that fate brought us back together, I want to say, what, in 2014 when we started working at In-N-Out together? I think 2013. I think 2013. No, no 2014, 2014. Because I got it after I graduated. Yeah, and I was there. I started working there 20, 20, 2014 too, like January-ish. But okay, so it is what it is. Yeah, so 2014 and we got back together. Fate brought us back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like we never left from there. Yeah. That's crazy. It really is crazy because I almost beat your ass in fifth grade. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Strange story. Here we go. Story time. So fourth grade. Fourth or fifth grade. One of those two grades. Uh-huh. Uh, me, me and Cranberry best you tell your You tell your side of the story, bro. Okay. Well, okay so me and Cranberry. Me, I, I personally think me and Cranberry are really good friends. And there's another Edgar. And he's had to choose. And... Uh, of course, he was closer with that other Edgar, so... We, no. live, we live in the same apartment complex, Yeah, bro. you guys were boys, of course. No hard feelings, no hard feelings. Uh, Edgar, I'll beat you out. <laughs> 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 I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing. But, uh... Man, I haven't talked... I haven't, I haven't heard from him in a long... I remember I seen his brother a long, not, that, not too long ago, though. But, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard from them in a long time, but... You know, yeah, what it you is. Must, uh, you're one of the main people, I think. You're one of, like, the only people I think I talked to from back then. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty, I know some people from back then, but of course I don't talk to them as much as I Like do. hang out like more frequently yeah, than Yeah, you're now. like, yeah. Uh, you're more of a friend. You're kind of like my bro. So you're my no, you're for, you're for sure one of my, like the only, like I would say like my, I got close enough to be like family. Longest, I knew you the longest. Right. Even though we had that separation from fifth grade till 12th grade. Yeah, so so, so grade. that's six years. Yeah, 
right? Like it's about six, like six, six, seven uh, years, like about no, seven years. Like four to seven years, yeah. Like seven years, but I mean, but it just goes to show how strong the how strong the connection was because once we were at it, now it's just like we meshed right back together and we were boys right again, like it, like we never left. Yeah. I mean, it was weird because I didn't even know where to pick back up, but I mean, it is what it is. It just, we're the same same people, you know, that's exactly, how it goes. Exactly, exactly. We just vibed. We vibed. Yeah. Like, I, I, I messed with your vibe. I liked it. Huh? Can I go? Yeah, yeah you can oh, okay. go. Okay, yeah. I fucked with your vibe. <laughs> I, have to just put it, I just have to just put explicit. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, like I said, be yourself. If you say fuck all the time, then, then say it. I try, yeah. I try not to. I try to keep it professional. But I, I try my best say. not to cuss neither, but... um. You know, it comes out when you're very passionate about something or when you stub your toe. Same thing. It usually <laughs> comes right out of you. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, man, we just meshed again. And then it was like we never it was like we never left. And it was just boys right back on. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It was, that's how I know. That's how I know you were bro. Because yeah. Because we just meshed right off of that. And it was crazy. I remember, I think, um, what was it? <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was senior year our senior year when you were like oh, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. I pancaked the fuck out of you on the oh, football field you never field. pancaked me you never pancaked you pancaked <laughs> the other side of the, you pancaked the other side of that defensive line that shit you is funny you pancaked the other side of the defensive line not my side though come on, side. come on boy you know I did it's alright though I mean, I mean didn't, I mean, you, didn't you say I, they were I, talking about I'll me I'll tell you this though I'll tell you this our game plan our senior our senior year Against Antioch, our game plan uh, for the defensive and offensive line was centered around you because uh, on the tape that we had, yeah, you were floating around everywhere. You were yeah. on defensive line sometimes. You were nose tackle something. You were just floating. Yeah. So we had to game plan for you, and I'm not gonna lie, you're one of the main people we game plan for. I mean, not to not to um, be oh, all uh, not to boast or nothing, <laughs> but I was unanimous of uh, offensive line first team all league. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. But hey, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go play in college, so it's not that cool. But I mean, you still. But it is funny. Out of all the people that we had, some big boys in that league. Yeah. So out of the people that were in there, and for you to be unanimous like that. Hey, it was crazy something. though. I really won MVP, and I was a lineman. Yeah, but we only we only won one game. Ah, yeah. And like, we should have won two. You know, we should have won two. Oh, oh, <laughs> Come on, oh, hey! You telling me that we shouldn't have won? I mean, Ooh, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. we went into that game really doubting you guys. We went into that game like the 49ers went into the game versus the Falcons last year. <laughs> <laughs> so now you want to roast. So now you turn the roast. We went into that game not really giving you guys the respect you guys deserved. That's the record crazy. Showed, the record showed. But we did go into that game giving you the respect you deserved because you were floating. And of course, you guys did have some standout players on your team. So we had to go in there with some bit of respect. Yeah, that was the first game we brought up Najee, which is crazy. Yeah, you see? So we, we gave you guys a little bit of respect. We just I hope the Falcons get them, bro. The Falcons get them, that'd be dope. Yeah, I guess, I guess there's, a, there's a mock draft already for mm-hmm. next year that they said they could probably get picked at 10th. Which is super disrespectful for the Falcons to pick them at 10. Because they said that the Falcons would get them at 10th. So unless we trade up, because you can't you can't get tenth pick after you win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're automatically uh, <laughs> I'm roasting. in the thirty range. But I mean, it's not gonna happen. So you're definitely gonna be in that top five, hopefully. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcons will definitely be picking top five. No, nah, because we do we do got Tom Brady now to fuck with. We got Tom Brady and Gronk back on the Bucks. Uh, let's be real, they're both washed. Let's be real. I mean, but like, I don't know. To be real. I'm not gonna lie, Tom Brady is and coming from a diehard 49er fan. I love Joe Montana just as much as the next one. Yeah. But 
Tom Brady has the he has the portfolio to show it. He he's has a, everything. He's the goat. It. He's he's the goat. Capital G. Capital O? Capital G. I don't know about the capital O yet. But <laughs> we're going to see what he does on another. And now if he balls out on another team yeah. and leaves that thing, he's going to get that capital O. He's for yeah. sure going to get the capital what? O, capital A, capital T. Exclamation point? Exclamation point. Because <laughs> Montana went to the Chiefs and he didn't, he didn't ball. No, he didn't? He didn't ball. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not he might have balled, ball but he didn't ball, he didn't ball like he did with the 49ers. Yeah. Course, but uh, yeah, man. But how about on the Patriots side? Let's talk about sports for a little bit. Let's talk about the Patriots side. How do you think Belichick's gonna do? Uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see because I think uh, he's gonna need another uh, how do they say he's gonna need another quarterback that fits into his scheme. Who, didn't they pick someone up or no, not yet? I don't know. No, no, I, no. I, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't really been following them like that. Not I haven't a really name. been following football like that, but I know. Me neither. I, know, I think football's yeah. getting dry. Yeah, football is getting dry. Football, I, honestly, it's coming, it's turning into the no fun league. I'm calling it right now. Five years are taking away kickoffs. They're taking away most of the special teams. Oof, I think that's a big stretch. They're taking, I promise you, they're taking Like, they're taking away the aspect of it or taking it all the way out? I think they're taking it all the way out because they're so afraid of the backlash they're going to get from all the CTE and all the head injuries, and which is real. Which is yeah. really real because you look at these football players when they're done playing football, and a lot of them are messed up. So a lot of them are good. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them are messed up. So wait, wait, wait. So I have something to say on that. So I get that. Obviously, I'm not saying concussions aren't real. They are real, right? Mm-hmm. But for instance, this brings up the topic identity, right? Mm-hmm. So like people kind of go like, let's say a high schooler, for instance. Oh, I'm at the I'm D1 bound, so I'm a fo- I'm a football player. Right. They don't think about education. They don't think about anything. They just care about their sport to become professional, right? So let's talk about those, that guy that actually made it to college, goes two years, goes to NFL. So yeah. they're, what, 21, 22 years old? Uh, NFL, oh, yeah, they're around like 20, 20, 20, 20, 21 years old. Years old. Yeah. And then they become a professional football player. They play in the league for the average, what's called, it's like, what, five, six, five, six years? Three or four years. Depending on, the, depending depending on, on position. position. So let's say five years average, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're 27 years old. After you're done playing, who do you think that person's going to be? They spent... Almost 27 years of their life the being that one person. I'm not saying concussions aren't real. Yeah, right, right, but right. I'm saying when you take away and strip someone from who they were to now they're just a it retiree. A it's a mental health. It takes a big toll on their mental health because that's all. That was their identity. From a lot of kids start at what, five years old? So even, from five. Depending on parents, could be even earlier. Crazy. So from five to what, 20, we'll say average 28, 29, you do yeah. the league. Who are you from there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like and you. a lot of people, like, obviously you see a lot of people, they just stay in the NFL network. They work somewhere around, like, exactly. and they're an announcer or something. Yep. Coaches, they, they need that. They live and breathe football. They that's live. what I'm saying. It's good to have. It's really good to have. But you also got to have something. You also, I, a lot of people, like, stick to it. Like, look, this is my plan A. I don't need a plan B or C because yeah. it's my plan A. And I know my plan A is going to work. And that's fine. Yeah. But... There's always that what if. Yeah. So you should always have that plan B because what if, you know what I mean, you get a debilitating injury. Look at Alex Smith. Yeah. What is he going to do now? Of course, he got paid. The yeah. Man, the man cashed out on his But But still, but even being paid, right? You can have, you can be like Gronk or for instance, right? Because mm-hmm. didn't Gronk or was it Marshawn? Who? Gronk and Marshawn both saved like, like they never read, they saved all their money and they were only spending money like off endorsements. Yeah, yeah. Like so that. something like that, right? Yeah. So you have all this money and stuff like that, but... Let's just say hypothetically, I don't know those people at all. I'm just kind of giving a scenario of, of identity, right. Cri- identity crisis at that. So, like for instance, we don't know how they live, but just because you have all those millions of dollars and you don't do you don't do what you thought you were set out to do anymore, 
then what are you going to do? You have a million dollars and you're, you're, you're stuck in life. You're at that point where you like, you have no identity. So like, what are you going to do? And like I said, I do know concussions are bad and everything like that. But what do you think is worse? Not knowing who the fuck you are anymore after you hang up your cleats or having a concussion and going crazy or both at the same time. And that's, that's the scary part. That's why it's good that a lot of this is coming out because a lot of players hopefully are seeing that. And I, I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of people are getting all their money and they're putting it in other stuff. They're investing, they're doing stuff so that when football is done, mm-hmm. they have something to fall back on. But there's also that percent that's like, no, I'm going to be in this league forever. I don't need yeah. to worry about any of that. True. So, people do that. Exactly. And then they get stuck and then... There's mm-hmm. nothing for them to fall back on. And mm-hmm. They're just in that sticky. So they're in that like middle zone of like they don't know what to do. And that could be another thing that leads to depression, which leads to the CTE side effects. And yeah. there's just so much stuff. Suicide, that all that stuff. Exactly, exactly. And then they're 40 years old and now they're there is a football legend. Exactly. You know, and then that's all you see them as is an NFL legend or uh, uh, NBA legend or whatever. Anything, anything that because identity crisis matters for everything. If you solely mm-hmm. identify yourself as one single topic, and once that topic gets taken away from you, that's identity crisis. You know what I'm saying? Just like if someone were to take your social security number, that's that's what that that links you to who you are for the world. You know exactly. what I mean? And someone takes that. That's the same thing as identity crisis. As if if I were to say, you know what, I'm just a a coach. That's all I am. The day I stop coaching, then who am I? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna be struggling. And that's, and that's what a lot of people fall back on, too. A lot of people, when they do leave stuff like that, they become coaches, and they go back to their hometowns. They mm-hmm. become, like, their hometown high school coaches and stuff like that. And that's good, too, because I think the, the youth needs it. Yeah. The youth needs that experience. They need all that knowledge that you hopefully soaked up while you went through your journey mm-hmm. so you could drop it on them and let them know so they have that background knowledge when they go. Hopefully, when they inspire to do everything they want to do and they do it, yeah. They got that knowledge already because you came back and you dropped that on them and you, mm-hmm. you built them up for their future, basically. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, some people don't do that, too. So it's just it just depends. It's hard because, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like unless you think about stuff like this, like you're like um, Lorenzo. Talk about Lorenzo, the podcast, the last podcast. Right, great yeah. podcast, by the way, Lorenzo. I don't know you, man, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. That was a really he, good uh, one. He tweeted something. I think it was yesterday or today. One of those things. But he said... Um, Knowing your why isn't that is not the hard part. Knowing why your why is your why is the hard part. And it's like if you don't think about why your why is your why, then you never know why you're really doing anything. That was a whole bunch of why. It sounds like I'm just blabbering and stuttering, but it really means something. You know what I'm saying? You really have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that that's that's my whole point. I mean that's that's me. Like, you know what I mean? A statement of me. And that's why I feel like uh, I don't want to change subjects here, but what my career path I feel like I'm I'm built for it because yeah. I I feel like my career path I'm going into the medical field and I feel like my purpose in this life is to help people everybody has like their purpose in life your purpose mm-hmm. in life is to help people on their health journey on their journey to becoming a better them yeah my I feel like my purpose is if you're not feeling too well that's my journey my journey is going to be to help you get back to 100% and send you off home happy and back healthy. to me Back to you. Back to you. Back to <laughs> no, no, wait, no, never mind. Not back to me. You're going to send them to me for the first time. Exactly. Because if they came to me in the first place, then they shouldn't be going to you at all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, unless they catch the flu or anything. Yeah, unless they do something crazy behind my back. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's just like... No, that's good, though. Because that was where I wanted to go with it. So let's, add, let's make it a little deeper. 
Okay. So do you, what would you say you, you identify yourself as? What I identify myself as right now is I'd say a helper because mm-hmm. I like to help people, whether mm-hmm. that's medically wise, whether that's helping if I can, help, helping a friend do something. Yeah. I just like, I like to be there because I know if I needed somebody to be there, I would want somebody to like to be there for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just like to, I like to give as much as I can because yeah. our time isn't really, our time isn't. Our time isn't, I don't know how to say it. Like it's I, know not, you, I know what you're trying to say. You know and I'm pretty saying? sure everyone else knows what you're trying to say, yeah, too. So just, no, but I know what you're saying. But go I, on, go I try on. to use it to help everybody as much as I can, help out, and be and be the best person I could be. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're known for. You're known for who you were to that person yeah. on that certain day. And time is uh, is not inevitable. Exactly. Exactly. That's not what you wanted to say, though. But that's, that's, what, that's what, what that you I know. Just what I was yeah. trying to say, but that's what it is. Time is is uh, not inevitable. Like it's not promised. Exactly. So yeah. you got to take advantage of all the time you have while you have it. So that's funny. Not it's not funny at all. That's a, bring me to my next point. Let's say that. Let's bring, let's bring it to my next point. For me, and how I identify myself, I changed my. Uh, so this is when I started really thinking about it. Identity crisis is I forgot what I was watching. But someone was talking about that in a sense that if you, like, just as simple as your bio on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, you say, I'm this, 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 and this. Or I'm just this. You know what I mean? That's how simple it was. So let me read my, I changed my Twitter bio the other day. So I changed it because I I thought about this. Like, you know what? I want to say this because that's who I am. So I put, I'm a coach, I'm a fiance, writer, uh, reader, poet, podcaster. And I'm proud of who I am. And those who helped me become a better me. And I put Lisa, obviously. Love you, baby. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's what I, that's, how, that's who I am. You know what I mean? And whoever you want to become, identify yourself as that. And my brother made this big point to me. is like, um, I know what you think you are, but what do people think you do? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. How, do I, how, how do I help people perceive me? Right? Exactly. So for me, I have, to, I have to let it be known. I'm not trying to be a coach. I am a coach. I'm not trying to be a reader. I am a reader. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be a writer. I write. I, I make poetry. You know what I mean? I make this podcast. I'm not trying. To, I, if I was saying I'm still trying to make a podcast and I'm 11 episodes deep, I have the wrong mindset for what I'm doing. Yeah, you already failed before you began. Correct. I'm not, I'm not going to. I can't get any better until I start to say I am a podcaster. Because you are. Everything you're saying right now is legit because you... Everything you do, you are. <laughs> yeah, and, you you know and I'm trying to become better at it, and that's one thing too. Um, oh man, I gotta. Oh, my camera, that book, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really, really good. This is a really good book. It's uh, "Stillness Is the Key." This is the book I'm reading right now. I'm having a very challenging time reading it because I feel like it's so opening. This is like the shovel I needed for me, right. uh, because it's it's about stoicism. So basically, it's it's a, it's a philosophy. I'm not true. I'm not really religious at all. But um, for me personally, um, like thinking about being still, it's like when everything's going on in the world, you can take a, you can find a way to become you and solve the problem that needs to be solved. No matter if there's people yelling outside, if your dog's barking outside, you know anything going on. That's like small extremes to it. But like, um, let me read this quote. Like, man, it's fucking. I posted on my Instagram the other day. You probably read it already. So oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's the uh, work done for a reward is much lower than work done in the yoga of wisdom. Set thy heart upon thy work, but never on its reward. Work not for the reward, but never cease to do thy work. 
and I don't know how to pronounce his name or share her name. The Bhagavad Gita. I don't know who that is, but great quote that by a, good quote. a great person. Because think about it. If you're constantly working towards that goal, I mean, of course you need goals. You need yeah. goals. But if you're constantly working because you want solely that reward, if you're not seeing that reward within the amount of time that your brain thinks that you're supposed to get that reward, you're going to quit. You have to work and you have to enjoy the work. Like yeah. Kobe said, it's, a, it's the process. You got to enjoy working that through that process. Are you sure? Are you sure you got that from Kobe? Or you got that from the garage like two hours ago. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, one, one of my this is my newest client, by the way, too. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's why I do it the way I do because it's this is the hardest part though. It's the hardest part to think about. It's like okay, I'm doing all this work. I'm sweating. You know what I mean? I feel I feel it. I feel like it's working. How come I don't see it? How come I don't? How come I don't see it? That's not I don't feel it. How come I don't see the results? Whether it be in the mirror, whether it be on your scale, whether it be anywhere that you want to see results. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and it's like, that's the hardest part to get over. That's, that's where most people quit. Yeah, because they don't see the results in the amount of time they allowed in their brain for them to see it. And others may see it, yeah. but if you don't see that reward, doesn't it doesn't feel rewarding at all. Because yeah. you want to see it, of course, because yeah. that in your brain, and you're, you're not going to want to do it no more if you're not seeing it. All right. So... I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but this is a perfect segue for you to go on and talk about your your uh, health journey that you went through. Oh yeah, man. So uh, talk about my, from the from the get from the get from giddy the get, get get. Okay, from the giddy giddy get go. Okay. Uh, so when I was younger, I got diagnosed with asthma, and so I've always been a little heavier set kid. So and I'm I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican, so we like to fry our foods a lot. So oh. just constantly eating, not the worst foods for you but they're not the best foods for you yeah and i was taking like medications because of asthma and a lot of them had steroids in them and i blew up like a balloon like yeah. quick and you were and, a big fifth grader yeah i, was I always still was about to beat your ass I, I, <laughs> <laughs> right back to it right back to it right back to it see that's why i had to leave because i didn't want to hurt cranberry <laughs> i wanted him to have a long prosperous life and you want to be, be wise like I am, Yeah, huh? and I knew if I hurt him then, I might have hurt him too bad, so he might have been in a wheelchair for his whole life. <laughs> no, you were a big kid, though. Yeah. Like, what were you, like, five, like, at least five, eight? Oh, yeah. Five, I was always the biggest kindergartner, everything. Yeah. You've always seen me, and yeah. it doesn't help that I have a big old head. Like, I was always the standout <laughs> Follow him on Instagram to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the underscore nasty phone. Uh, nah, but, uh, yeah, so I was always a big kid. So yeah. I've always had that big body. So for me, I never got to really be skinny and grow into the big body. I've always had the big body since I was little. And um, it got worse throughout life because I just kept eating. And I wasn't exercising, of course. I just kept eating. I yeah. kept taking all the medicine and stuff. Yeah. Football came and it saved me. Yeah. Football and wrestling. Because wrestling mm. in middle school saved me. I was mm. still big, mm. mind you. Uh, my eighth grade year, I believe I was like 215. Around there, and there was nobody in eighth graders that were that size, really. Yeah. So I really didn't have a lot of competition in my eighth grade year to wrestle. Yeah. And but I was continuously going to practices. I was continuously doing that, and yeah. I was just trying to better myself at that point. And I found that the workouts and everything they were giving me were helping me. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I was still chunky because I was still eating all the bad foods. I was still, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty and Call of Duty and uh, wrestling workouts for my life. So yeah. I was sitting there gaming, eating everything, and. 
never really changed my habits. So I stayed eating all the bad foods. And it followed me into high school. Of course, football saved me a lot because so much working out. And there's so much constant running. So much dumb running. Yeah. Oh, my god. But, I mean, it did pay off, but I feel like it didn't pay off. Yeah. I'll was, talk about that after. But yeah, there's so much stuff with football. But I was constantly eating. Constantly eating. Didn't mm-hmm. matter what. I was just like a garbage disposal. Yeah. So, I didn't change my eating ways. So, even after high school, I didn't go to play college ball or nothing like that either. So, after high school... I stayed with those eating habits. Yeah. And I wasn't working out no more. I wasn't doing anything because football was over for me. Yeah. I was focusing on getting an education at that point and just grinding and trying to live my life. Yeah. So I didn't change my eating habits and I ballooned up. I got up to my heaviest 2017. My heaviest was about 278. <sighs> Three pounds under you, fatty. Yeah. I just, I'm messing with you, boy. I'm messing with you, boy. But I was, like two, I was 278. Yeah. Just fat. Yeah. And I didn't have nobody there telling me, hey, stop. You know what I mean? You're killing yourself. Yeah. And because for us, it was just normal. We weren't hanging out that much during that time. (laughs) Actually, I didn't know you. Oh, yeah, I did know you. you. I did know you. We weren't hanging out that much. Trust me. No, we weren't hanging out that much. (laughs) But uh, yeah, in my family, it's just a lot of my families were Mexican. So I don't know. I don't want to say because we're Mexican. That's why we're big. But we eat a lot. Yeah. A lot of my family, the stigma is, you know what? You don't really have to be skinny. Look at us. Yeah. So nobody's seen it as anything bad. So yeah. I just kept eating, kept eating, kept eating. And one day I got really sick. Yeah. And I was at my heaviest of about 278. I was probably a little over that because, like I said, I wasn't weighing myself all the time. I didn't really care. I wasn't yeah. conscious of the weight or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the back of my mind. And I got really sick and I lost weight. I lost a lot of weight. You lost hell of weight. Hell of weight. I lost, I went from about 278 to, I think it was like 240 or 238 within a matter of two weeks because I was so sick. Probably more, bro. Yeah, I wasn't eating. I wasn't, I wasn't able, I was just really messed up. I went to the doctors. They said nothing was wrong. I went through so many tests. They said nothing was wrong. They didn't know what was going on. So I just caught a bad stomach bug. Yeah. But in essence, that stomach bug saved my life because if I didn't get that stomach bug, it would have been hard for me to lose that weight. And I was at that point where I was just, I would have kept going. Who knows? Yeah. I could have been in the easy 300s. Easy. Nah, I don't think so. Oh, easy. The way I was eating, it was like my girlfriend was baking for me. Shout out, Isabel. I love you. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was baking for oh, me. Oh, fiance. Or fiance. Uh, correct that. Shout out, fiance. I love you. Well, girlfriend at the time. Girlfriend, girlfriend, at, the time. girlfriend, girlfriend at the time. Girlfriend at the time. Fiance now. <laughs> Shout out, my boo. But uh, she was constantly baking for me. And yeah. She was just taking, but to her, it wasn't like she was hurting me. To her, she was just taking care of me. She yeah. just knew the stuff I liked and she just wanted to continue taking care of me. Yeah. And I didn't have like a, a button to stop. I would just keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. And so in essence, when I got sick and I lost all that weight, it saved me because I seen all that weight shed and I didn't want to go back there. My body started to ache less. Like it would hurt to get up and the, my back was hurting. My knees yeah. were hurting. It was too much weight for my frame. Yeah. And uh, I started to eat less. I started to, or not eat less, I started to eat less bad foods. Yeah. But I tried to focus more on eating the healthier foods rather than the bad foods. My body started to love me again. All the yeah. aches and pains were going away. Everything was going away. Mm-hmm. And from then, I think I started at like, after I got done being sick, it was like a, honestly, it was like the residual effects of all the sickness and all that stuff, it lasted for about a month. Yeah. But after I finally kicked it and got rid of everything, I, w- I want to say I was probably like, 220s, two, yeah, skinny boy, yeah, skinny boy, and I just I didn't want to get back up there again. I had I formed a 
like a body dysmorphia, a bad body dysmorphia, to where I was uh, I was really hard on myself for everything. Yeah. I didn't like I didn't like who I was. I didn't I'm like the judge. About, yeah, I was too judgmental. Like I didn't even like looking in the mirrors because I was like it was really bad on me. Like yeah. it mess up my mentals because yeah. I'd be like what the hell, man. Like mm. and yeah, and then I just focused. After I lost all that weight, I told myself I would never get that big again because yeah. it's so easy for me to get that big. And I don't know, I could have kept going. Yeah. I personally feel like I could have kept going because I was just constantly eating and I was, I just wasn't aware of it. Yeah. And yeah, once I lost all that weight, I had to do a big lifestyle change and I told myself I'd never go back and I, I, well, I won't. I want to stay healthy and I want to stay, I want to live long because the way I was going, I wasn't going to live long. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. And I, I was that big boy too, 275. Yeah. I mean, not 278, don't know what that feels like. But I was <laughs> two, 275, you know what I mean? And I was a big, I was a big boy. And the thing is, I weighed myself in January and I was um, 264, right? I don't know how much I weigh right now. Yeah, but the difference then is... No, I know. I was, yeah, you're solid. No, but I'm saying, but even then, I remember 275 and it was nothing like this. It's almost opposite spectrum and I almost weigh... I don't know how much I weigh, but I'm saying cause I don't weigh myself, and obviously I made that clear on my one of my posts. I don't want to weigh myself to the end of the year. Let me go over a little bit. So I weighed 264 in January, but I started working out differently, doing the way I do it now for about 10 months. So 10 months ago, I would weigh myself like every time I saw a scale, whatever, and then I would notice um, my weight was going up a little bit, but I also was getting really strong. So my biggest issue for me, we'll, we'll talk about your story too after, mm -hmm. but my biggest story about me was um, I when I used to work out, I used to hate seeing that number go up, even though I started to look really good. You know what I mean? Obviously, I know what 275 fat feels like. That right. feels horrible. Oh. Like you can't you can't function like a normal guy. You can't do a lot of stuff. It puts well, for a lot of me. restrictions on life. Yeah, and it sucked. You know what I'm saying? So obviously when I remember I weighed myself this, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, 264. But then I sat there and thought about it. I was, you know what? I'm hanging up the scale. I'm not going to look at it for a while. But now I felt like I'm in really good health. And it was weird because obviously I'm not in the best shape cardiovascular, obviously, because football, that was the best cardiovascular I've ever been oh, in. Yeah, I could run. I could play a whole game, both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I played a hell of good or nothing, but I'm saying I still <laughs> I still played four quarters of football. Able to do it. You know you what I mean? Do it and be comfortable after yeah, and I wasn't like <sighs> dead. You know what I mean? I would have my cramps, obviously cramps. You get cramps, oh, yeah. but I wouldn't be dying. You know? Right. So that was probably my best cardiovascular health, obviously. But health wise, like mental health, mental health, spiritual health, all like the whole total package of health. I have felt I felt I feel the healthiest right now. Obviously, I, I know I'm a little bit bold, uh, a little bit bloated, but I know like I'm getting muscular, you know. And I yeah, used you can to, see it. you can see it. I used to hate this though. I used to hate it because I'd be like, I remember I used to love working out my back, loved it. <laughs> then I remember I was trying to cut weight, but I still love working out my back. But my back, I working out so hard or whatever, now it make me feel like I gained a lot of weight. And every time, every time it went from one one thirty five to one thirty six, I thought it was fat. Oh yeah, always. That's, body, that's, body that's the way. That's the way it goes. That's you know what I mean? Dysmorphia. Just you because you, that. yeah, you can't. That's just your brain. That's just something that's it's, it's like a stigma in your brain. But you can control that though. Well, you can. Yeah, of course you can control. You but take learn it to takes it. takes yeah. some work. You gotta learn to control. It just doesn't happen right off the bat, and it's that's one of the toughest things to do. And I don't like to use hate because yeah. that's a strong word, but I really hated myself at the time. But that wasn't me. That was like the body dysmorphia mm -hmm. creeping into my mind and putting me in that situation yeah 
So let's describe some of the workouts that you did. So when you hated yourself, because that was a that was at the point of time where you did stuff like that. How would you treat your body, workout wise? Workout wise, there wasn't really any workouts. No, 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 no. I'm saying like when you were um, when you had your body dysmorphia, when you lost all the weight. Oh, when I lost all oh cardio, cardio was key. I would kill myself, literally kill myself, because I didn't want. I was scared. I in my mind, cardio was the thing that was keeping me at the weight I was at. Yeah. And cardio was going to keep me from going up to the weight. And car- of course, cardio is one of the main factors to do it, but yeah. it's, it wasn't sustainable that I was doing. Yeah. What I was doing wasn't sustainable at all. No, for sure. No, that's why, I mean, like I told I told you, I remember, what was it? It was the other day when you came over and you're like, bro, I feel hella fat today. I'm like, bro, you look exactly the same, even smaller than last time I saw you. Yeah, you see that? And it's like, and it, it, it was crazy. Then I remember we had Kinders. Remember we had Kinders? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm about to destroy this bowl. You know, what I mean? oh, you were hella yeah, excited yeah, to yeah, eat yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Then I remember the the next day I called you and you're like, yeah, bro, fucking that shit hurt my stomach. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it, me knowing you, this is me. This is from the outside looking in, right? As a as a friend, and it's like I saw all these things going on with you. I, I was I was talking to Zed about it too. Sorry, I talked talk to my oh, girl no, about no, everything. No, no, no. But we were talk we were talking about it. And I was like, man, I really think Edgar really be ha- I think he has a little problem with um his stomach like he's his like his mind really makes his stomach hurt so he so he don't have the food in him you know what i'm saying and i noticed a lot of times when you talk about oh i'm about to eat some bread or carbs you're like oh man i feel like shit every time there has not been a time when you told me you ate something that isn't necessarily good for you that you told me you didn't feel good the next day it was almost 10 out of 10 times you know what I'm saying? And that's just the way my brain was like hardwired. So now no, I I'm know. working on undoing it. Yeah. It's a process. That's the hardest part. Yeah. But that's why I'm telling you like right now because you're like I said, you're like one of my newest clients. What I, and this is what I tell all my clients too. It's not like you're, it's not you're special, but you are a little bit more special because you have this mental problem. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. Obviously, it helps you more than it hurts you mm-hmm. right now. But who knows what it would do down the line. You know what exactly. I'm saying? That's why I'm trying to change it now before it gets any worse. And it's it's been bad, but I mean, it's gotten better though. Yeah, it's it gotten has better. gotten better. Yeah, it's gotten better. I, it's, it's gotten better with me being more comfortable. Yeah, being more comfortable in my own skin. But I wasn't. I was. I wasn't comfortable for so long in my own skin mm-hmm. that it, it my brain hardwired to be like. Yeah, that. but you probably didn't think about it that way either. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm just probably sick. Oh, this bad food makes me sick. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, it could be a good food. Like like people hate vegetables. They'll eat like vegetables and then like, oh shit, my stomach hella hurts now because I had those broccoli, I had broccoli last night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like people do that. So that's why it's like you really have to experiment and stuff like that with yourself and your diet. That's why I personally don't do nutrition plans. I can give you all the recommendations, but at the end of the day, I don't know what's going to work for you unless you try it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's for everybody. And maybe if I take more nutrition classes, maybe I might have a better idea where to start. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be like, okay, you have to eat this, this, and that. That's why it's hilarious to me when I see um, like those ads on Instagram. There's hella ads on Instagram now. Did you notice? Oh, my gosh. They're filled <laughs> everywhere. No. The comment sections to the popular pages. Yeah. Everywhere. So it's hella funny. I saw one. It was like, um, how tall are you? It was like 5'10". Okay, click. And it wasn't, I didn't click it. It was a video. Yeah. Like, so they were like putting the answers by, the, by themselves. And then it was like, oh, how much do you weigh? And you boom, like, oh, do you think you're fat? You think you're a little fat or whatever? And you click it. So like, okay, here are your meals. I'm like, there's you. That's not yeah, how it that's works. Definitely not. How that's it not works. how it works. They don't even know how your body is. They haven't even seen you. Yeah, but they're people people off. do that a lot. You know what I mean? Because the way you're supposed to do it, like I said, like I was telling you, is that you have to be in a deficit to lose to lose fat. That's how you lose fat. 
and then how you gain fat is if you're in a surplus. So let's make it easy, numbers easy. If you're um, if you averagely eat about two thousand calories a day, that's where your that's where your maintenance is at. You won't gain or lose weight at two thousand calories. And these are all hypothetical numbers too, by the way. So don't go say, oh, I eat 2,000 calories because Cranberry said so. <laughs> so hypothetically, you might be eating 2,000 calories if you tracked it or whatever and you find that out. So if you eat 1,800 calories, that means you're eating 200, you're, uh, you're in a 200-calorie deficit. So eventually, your body's going to adapt to that number. So usually what happens, what you were doing is, you probably noticed too, if you weighed yourself a lot and ran a lot of cardio, you probably noticed that eventually one day, you didn't gain or lose any weight. Sometimes you may gain a little bit more weight, so you're in a little bit harder. But that's probably what happens. Exactly. But the reason, the reason being, is because you had that number of two thousand, right? And then you're you're probably burning more than you consumed, so you're probably in a negative for a long time. So what your body's gonna end up doing is you'll die, but your body doesn't do this. So your body's gonna find a way to slow your metabolism down. So all the food that you do eat, it's gonna hold on to it for all the energy that you have to disperse. So what happens is. You go down this line, your body gets very um, efficient when you do your cardio. That's why I don't like doing cardio as a as a way to start. I like doing like weightlifting because it's so it's uh, universal is not the word, but you can do so much with it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like you you can do it this way. There's a thousand ways to skin the cat with, with weightlifting. That's, right, that's right. you know what I'm saying. With cardio, it's just raising your heart rate and keeping it at and, that level. And that's it. That's what it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <clears throat> so, for instance, your body's gonna get a very efficient. So, let's say, for instance, you're only eating 500 calories. You're only gonna burn 500 calories a day. You know what I mean? So, when you um, and then your body's gonna find a way. And say, at first, you you ran a mile, it burned 100 calories. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I don't even think it does. But say you run a mile, it burns 100 calories. Eventually, it's gonna burn less and less and less and less and less and less and less. Exactly. You know and what I'm that, saying? And that's hap- that happens. It happens to me. So that's why the number on the scale doesn't fluctuate like you want it to. And then when it doesn't happen, you ramp up because you're like, okay, obviously, I'm not doing, I'm not working hard enough. Yeah, exactly. And then you're you're killing your body without even realizing. Yeah, and most people say, oh, my lower back hurts a little bit, but I still need to go run because I'm 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 a big fatty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'm a little bit too heavy today. So oh, I ate pizza last night, so let me run two miles. You know what I mean? But if you're not doing them appropriately and correctly, you're hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. And you're hurting yourself mentally at the same time. You're you're taking one step forward to take four steps back. Yep. Because it's you're just you're keep you're in the same process. You're stuck. Mm-hmm. You keep doing the same thing. And that's why I told you, like I tell all my other clients too, is that if you eat something that you love, say that one donut on Saturday for you, you're told. Oh, yeah, me. I love donuts. Pre-show, we talked about what he loved. He said donuts. So I said, whatever. If you eat one donut on Saturday, <laughs> you can't slap your hand and be like, slap the back of your hand and be like, oh man, you ruined everything. Everything's back to normal. You gain all this weight because what happens is you're stressing yourself out. You're making your, you're making your body not feel good. And now you're not enjoying what you loved. So now you're doing three negatives for one, what could have been one positive. Could have been 250 calories and one donut. That made you happy as shit. But now you made it three negatives for that 250 calories just to fuel your body at the end of the day. And if you were tracking, uh, not you personally, but if, if, you, if, the, if a person was tracking and they had the budget in their calories to eat that 250 calories, empty calories, for instance, they wouldn't gain, or burn, they wouldn't gain any fat if there, was, if there was under their budget of 2,000. Gotcha. You get what I'm saying? And that's the basic science because that's, that, that's the law of thermodynamics. So if anyone's looking to lose weight or burn fat, you have to think about that. You know what I mean? So if you if you already don't eat enough, like you know, if you're someone that goes, oh, I have like one meal a day, and you think you want to lose weight, good luck because yeah, you're gonna, gonna have happen. a very hard time. Mm-hmm. You have to, gonna, yeah. Body's gonna acclimate to that. And it's gonna like okay, so like I said, 
like you said, we're gonna have to hold on to this, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna be stuck, and you're gonna be stuck at that point for a long time. And this is why I say build muscle first. This is the exact reason why. Some people obviously just need to be more active. If you are someone that sits on the couch seven days a week, you can probably go for a ten minute walk every day and see results. If you're someone that doesn't, you know, that that's basically it. And then if you don't want to work out, don't work out. You know what I mean? But if you're not going to do anything for seven days, just do one 10-minute walk a day. I guarantee you'll see results. And eat the same. You're going to have to eat less. You know what I mean? Then once you start bringing that momentum, it's a big snowball. You'll start adding, 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 adding. Without even realizing. Yeah. Going on that, what, around the block is going to turn to, let's go around the block twice this time. You yeah. know what I mean? Because my body's still willing to go mm-hmm. some more. And then if you, if you eat the same and then you, eat, you just eat when you're full, eat till you're full, you'll be all right. Exactly. And, that's, and that's hard for people though. A lot of people don't eat till they're full. They eat till their plate's empty or they eat to they eat to where their mind thinks they're full. Like, yeah, or how like, much they think they need. Exactly. But like, I can tell you, this is this is how this is how I know for me, and I've seen a bunch of people prove this right too. I tracked myself and I was eating a lot of food. I was eating about twenty five hundred calories and that was including all the McDonald's and all of this, fast food and stuff like that. I switched it to good food. But I still needed to eat my calories. So I, I was pushing myself, force feeding myself, thinking I was going to get so much fatter. And I was losing weight. And I was eating my calories to the T. I mean, it's not easy to do that because I would have to cook. I had to measure. I had to, I had to look at it. And I had to see all this food on my plate. I had to stuff it down my throat. Yeah, exactly. It's, the force feeding, that's hard. Yeah, it's hard. That's and hard. then the thing is, and then um, I was eating these uh, macadamia nuts. They're super high in calories and fats. And if I if I if I didn't want to eat my food, I would eat like four four or five nuts to hit my hit my goal. And I'm saying I would still I would lose weight, and it wouldn't be too hard or anything like that. I was getting really strong and stuff like that. But it, that's not my lifestyle. That's not what I wanted to do. I know it works, and that's why I'm kind of doing it kind of subconsciously as I do it now, mm-hmm. so I can make it something that I can always do. Yeah, you have to make it sustainable because mm-hmm. you were doing it before. It wasn't sustainable, especially yeah. when you have to force feed. The force feeding is like the hardest part. Yeah. That's the okay. hardest thing, and changing your mind. It all is mindset. You gotta, you gotta focus on that first, because you gotta clear your mind and have a healthy mind before you go into anything. Because if you don't have a healthy mind going into it, you're just gonna keep going in circles. That's true. That's very true. Keep going in circles. So I'm still a big pusher of work on your physical health, and it will help your mental health. I still believe that's the. Yeah. I, I I think that's the best way. Mm-hmm. But when people say, no, you have to work on your mental your mental health before you do anything because that's how you build it. I get that, right? And it will probably bleed in just the same. But with me and my experiences, especially in female clients, um, probably, I, I don't have that many female, I have like two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I feel like a jerk. I actually have three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't be a jerk. I have three. And the thing is, every time I taught them deadlifts, they, and I wouldn't tell them how much to weigh, and then after I ask them how much they weigh, look the look on their face is like, you have to be kidding me, right? I remember um, some uh, one one female picked up a hundred pounds. I didn't tell her it was hundred pounds, and then she looked at me like I was crazy, right? I'm like, no, you did it. You know what I'm saying? Your body is resilient. Your body is strong. And the thing is, that's why that that, that made it clear for me that if you work on your physical health and you see how strong you really are, your mental's gonna easily get the same effect. You know what I'm saying? That's how I see it though. But I do understand when people go, you know, work on your mentals, journal, do all this and that, because it really helps your, your mind become resilient. That's that's the, the path I have to go down. Like, I have to go down the path of 
I'm working on them both together, but I'm working on a little more of the mental side because mm. I was so hardwired and so hard on myself before. Yeah. Like I have to start there because if I don't start there, I'll just keep going in circles because yeah. my mind is still stuck there. For sure. And that's and that a lot of it came from being all of it came from being that big, of course. And yeah. Just, but that's why you get a coach. I'm not, I'm not trying to shout me out neither, but that's why I'm glad you came out to me. I really wanted to help you. I really want to help all my close friends, stuff like that. But you came out to me, and I was like, you know, I got room for you. Let me let me do this. Let me help you. And I'm trying to treat you like everyone else in the gym wise. But it's it's true. You have to. It's like the analogy I told you that I got from Atomic Habits. They talked about um, if you put an ice cube on a table, and um, it's at 25 degrees Fahrenheit, it's not gonna do anything. But if you go to 26 degrees Fahrenheit, it's one degree hotter, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone knows it's one degree hotter because you can see the temperature went up. The ice cube looks exactly the same. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's warmer. It is warmer than twenty five degrees. You have to wait till t- t- thirty two degrees to thirty three degrees for it to start partic- um, for it to start um, precipitating. Is that precip- no, it's not. I know, it's, uh, just mel- just it's like melting. Melting's the the, melting. the layman's term. <laughs> but it will start melting. You know what I mean? You'll start to see it start dripping a little bit and getting smaller and smaller till you raise it more and more and more. That's when um, that's how you know you, you can see the result. But just because you didn't see the results doesn't mean they're not happening. Exactly. That's the analogy. I, I love to use that one now because it's like from 25 degrees to 31 degrees, people will quit. Because they don't see the results. They, they don't see the getting, results. Like you said before, they're not getting the reward. They're, yeah. they're physically or mentally and vision-wise or visually, they're not getting the reward they want. Yeah. And if they're not getting the reward they want, they start to lessen up little by little yeah. by little, and then it's going to fade away completely. And they're like, you know what? Screw this. I've been doing all this work, and nothing's happening. Or people go people go so hard. Yeah, or you could be on the extreme side. Like I was with the cardio. I went so hard to where my body was like, okay, you need to And then the, then the next day, you just didn't do it anymore. Exactly, because I was like, oh, I'm so tired from yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And then the next couple of days, it's like, oh, I did enough that day, so yeah. I don't have to do it this yeah. day. And then you just spiral back down. Like, yeah. like I said, just keep going in circles. That's why I always say enjoy what you do because that's how you're going to keep doing it forever. And that's my, my goal as a coach with every client I do get is that I want someone to come in wanting to learn and wanting to get better. Because for one, I can't spark that change in anybody. So if someone wants to be wants, wants the guidance and help from me, then I, that's going to be the best client. The best the the clients that aren't going to be the best are the ones that go. Oh, yeah, I don't really know if I want to lose weight or not, because that's that's the hard. I I'm not here to be a motivator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I obviously I am motivating in the con in the vicinity of the gym, and I'm over there telling you, come on, you got this. You know what I mean? That is motivating, yeah. But at the end of the day, my clients know that they do everything for themselves. I'm not. I'm just there just to help you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's all it is. You do every single piece of work. You know what I mean? And like I was telling you, it was funny. We we're talking about the extra credit thing. It's like if you want to push yourself so hard, you can. That's good. But if you start to do work that doesn't matter, like extra credit that's not going to get graded, mm-hmm. then why why do it? You know what I mean? Just do, just do just enough. That's why I say work smarter, not harder. And I really mean by that. And I really live by that. And it's funny because sometimes people go, like, oh, that's all the workout is. I'm like, yeah, it is. Because trust me, I want you to get stronger for next time. You don't get stronger during the workout. You do not. You don't build any muscle. You don't do anything during the workout. You get stronger from everything you recover from. Right. So if you don't allow yourself to recover, you're not going to get stronger. 
Because you're not giving your muscles that a lot of time to relax and recover. Yeah, so the muscles are just like the butt. You're just like everything else. They need recovery time. They Mm -hmm. need to rebuild and repair so that next time you go in there, they're that much stronger. They're that much stronger. They give you that much more go leeway. They give you that much more leash to pull. Yeah, your threshold is bigger. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm I'm doing better now on the whole mental stuff. Like it's if you're feeling that way, don't be too hard on yourself. But change a little bit here and there. Change your eating habits here and there. Change a little bit. Do a little extra here and there. Do a little uh, walking. Do a little something. You have to start. Don't beat yourself up the whole time without making an effort to change at all. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't change, you're just going to beat yourself up the whole time. And you're just going to be stuck there going in circles, just beating yourself up. And you're not changing because you're so focused on the negative parts of it, looking at yourself like, even if I do this, it's not, it's not going to change. Yeah. You have to start. Don't. You have to enjoy it. Exactly. It's the same you thing. You have to enjoy the process mm-hmm. and it gets better, believe me. Now I, I, I love myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a little there. I mean, I still got that body dysmorphia, of course. It's still lingering in the back, but I try to love myself more than I dislike parts of myself. Yeah. And we finally get there, bro. Yeah. That's, no, I really think so. And it would be cool to get you on the show again later on after we get trained. And then it could be like a real life testimony. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of you saying it. But at the same time, I don't. So the, I, I just said that, right? So that, let me be a little contradicting. At the same time, I really do mean this. Everyone is 100% different. So just because Edgar goes through it the way he does and I go through the way things I do, I still want everyone to understand that all the work you do matters and that. Um, your journey is going to be a million times different than everyone else's journey. So, like, for instance, if you see my work and you're like, oh, he's pretty strong doing all this and that, I'm on chapter, a whole different chapter than you are. Exactly. And if you're a beginner, you're on chapter one. So you have to start with chapter one things. And that's where I come into play. If you want to work with me or whatever or ask me questions, I can help you start your book. And then Edgar, for instance, he's on chapter 10 or whatever chapter he's on, but I'm trying to help him finish his book. You know, we all start our journeys differently. But if you're someone that doesn't do anything physically active then of course you're gonna have to start at level one exactly you can't be so struck on like um like um the influencers on instagram there's these girls or guys that are super big and they tell you do this hit workout because that's what i do that's that's the worst thing people could do that's the that's the worst thing don't ever compare your body or your start point to somebody else's especially not somebody on instagram because chances (laughs) are except for cranberry (laughs) (laughs) except for cranberry because chances are they're deep into their books by then because they're not gonna a lot of people aren't gonna want to post the first chapter of their story boring there it's boring exactly they're not gonna do that they're gonna show you the in-between or the end they're gonna show you the end goal and tell you this this and that so you can't ever compare yourself to somebody that's like that for sure you can't and you got to see it that way you have to see it that way and that's 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 one of the main things too i'm not gonna lie a lot of stuff i was seeing and i was like man why can't it be like that why can't it be like that but they're they're farther along on their journey than i was yeah i was at the starting point they were already halfway through done they're already done no, you're never done. You're never done. <laughs> they're already done with that portion of the Got book. you. Yeah, no, they're already ahead. They're in their maintenance phase. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it takes a long time to get to your maintenance phase because, for one, you have to literally look at yourself like, no, this is where I exactly want to stay for the rest of my life. And a lot of people can't do that. I mean, I don't even know if I ever will. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things, even though I'm a hard worker, working hard towards whatever I think, it was funny because... Um, uh, it's this little story that I want to talk about. So I remember uh, my mother-in-law, uh, we're talking about um, buying suits. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to buy a suit until I look until I have my, my favorite body. 
She's like, oh, what's your favorite body look like? I said, like, I don't know. I just know I just know when I get there, I'm going to get a suit. You know what I mean? Because I want my suit to fit me for long term. So obviously, I need to have a body to where I'm comfortable in, and I want to be there for a long period of time. Who? I'm not to say that's going to be where I'm going to stick for the rest of my life, but it was a funny question because it got, caught me off guard. It's like, what is my perfect body? You know, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna measure myself. But okay, I want it to be like this and this and that. You know what I mean? Right. Just one day I'm looking at myself and go, "This is where I want to stay. This is where I want to maintain." Right. You know? Right. That, that was a good one. The, the perfect body thing. Because you think about it, it's like uh You don't you know. know. You don't. You mm-hmm. don't. It's, and it's hard to know. You just know what you don't like. Exactly. Exactly. But you don't know where you want to be. Exactly. And you see something that you want to be like, but you don't know if your body's gonna look like that. Yeah, you don't. Your body's gonna be different. Everybody's different. Yeah, like, and you can't uh, you can't try to you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. One of my uh, male clients, one of my male clients, by the way, he said he wanted to look like Meg Thee Stallion so bad, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, bro, I don't know, if I can do that for you, but I'm like, you for sure gonna have to start tanning. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I started yeah. dying. You gotta have to tan and some squats. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like. Like even me on the last episode, I talked to Lorenzo about like I looked at I looked at the rock. Like, I want to look that one day. You know what I mean? I I can't. Yeah. No I matter mean, how hard I try. I love the rock just as much as everybody. I believe me. I'm I'm in. The, hey, I'm all rocked hey, out right now. He be roading. Oh, he's on all the Mexican supplements. <laughs> all of them. Me and my boy had an argument about this the other day. All of them. He's on all of, and I'm a diehard rock fan. I'm proud. You know rock. he's on there or no? You know I he's mean, on them. Of course, you don't go from his body. Like, look at I'm big. I'm a big pro wrestling fan, so I've been following The Rock for days. He went from looking like an average person that worked out to looking like Hercules. Yeah, he actually did play Hercules. And he did play Hercules. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, have you ever, and have you ever seen the movie Pain and Game? Yes, I have. He's huge. He's huge. Mark Wahlberg's huge as fuck. Oh, Mark Wahlberg's too. on steroids, and you know what I mean. I. It is what it is. They have they do that to keep up their thing. The Rock has to do it now because he's built his brand off that. He's a big and he said it in multiple interviews. And I've watched. Oh, he said that he uses steroids. No, he never said he uses steroids. Never said he never. He's never going to say it. But he uses PEDs. Oh, some some sort. He uses some sort of performing enhancing. Yeah, or he just doesn't know it because someone's making a supplement for him. Exactly. And he's like "Mm." sneaking it in there because that man is huge. Yeah. Giant. Yeah. Giant and. He said it multiple times. He went in with his normal body. Yeah. Went into Hollywood and he wasn't, he was, he was getting roles, but he wasn't getting the roles and he wasn't getting the big action stuff that he wanted. So he said, okay, I'm going to just go and do my bodybuilding thing and let the roles come to me. Yeah. And as he started to get more into his own, he started to get comfortable in his body and started to work out. And, and this is all just, I guess, hearsay with the PED stuff, but I personally believe he's on PED. And he works hella hard. And like, he works hard. Too hard. Oh, ridiculous. And like I said, you don't get stronger Unless you recover from it. Right. And so he's steroids do the job for you. Yes. He's, I, I, you I can recover him. as you're doing a heavy weight if yeah. you use steroids. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a monster. He travels with like a 10,000 pound setup, gym setup to every movie he set he goes to. It follows him. So he's mm. constantly working out and he's, he let, he got comfortable in his skin. He did whatever he had to do to get that size. And he let, he let Hollywood come to him at that point. Yeah. And Which is crazy. I mean, that's it, cool. Good for him. You know. Oh I mean? yeah, that's that's my inspo. That's the rock. That's, mm-hmm. that's the guy. That's the lane. 
Like I said, I'm all project rocked out right now. Literally. No, Shirt, really. shorts, shoes, socks, everything. Contacts? Contacts. <laughs> You're bald right now? <laughs> I got veins coming out the side of my head. Nah, that was good, bro. Alright, so let's do the random topic before we get all all uh, riled up and crazy and stuff like all that. Right. That was a good conversation, though. I really did like that. Yeah, was... um, you have anything else to like, wrap up? Wrap that up? or I mean, that was pretty solid. Honestly, I want to close with this before we change it. Okay, good. On the body dysmorphia thing. The most important thing I think you can learn from body dysmorphia is to love yourself. You have to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to want to work. You're not going to want to do anything to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. So it all goes off to love and you want to you want to be there. You want to have, you, you got to have motivation. You got to have inspiration. You got to have something that's going to want to keep you going. Mm-hmm. And But the most important thing is you got to love yourself. Mm. And that, that's, that's what I learned from it. And I mean, I think I love myself a little too much now. Like I was telling Cranberry earlier, I walk past the mirror and I look at it. Like, <laughs> that's good. No, I'm, no, it is true. You really do got to love yourself. But on, to go on top of that and to um, add my piece, chime in in, in a sense, mm-hmm. is that you have to love the process you go through. And that you are the most important piece to your puzzle. And you have to understand that. It's... It's not really, it's not easy to do though. You have to understand that it doesn't matter what Edgar thinks of me. It doesn't matter what I think of Edgar. It matters what we think about ourselves. And yeah, I care about him so much and he cares about me a lot. But I understand that his opinion truly doesn't make my opinion on how I think about how I view myself. And that's one thing that people, I need, I think, I don't, I mean, I would love people to do that. I don't need anyone to do anything. But I love that people would start doing that more often. To put themselves first because that gives you so much room to give yourself to other people. Exactly. Because you're the you're the person you go to sleep with that night. You go to sleep with your brain. You go to sleep with your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Random topic time, boy. Let's get it. Let's get Cultures. it. Cultures. So we talked about this the other day about um, Ahmad and stuff like that. And it was, it was sad because we talked about it. So I'll just jump in right in, but I'll ask your opinion afterwards. Or we can just go off of this. It was sad that people agree with the shooters, the, the father and the, and the son. It, it really is sad. Very sad. And I think it sucks because for me, the way I see it is, is that they have their own culture that obviously people don't like. Obviously, me and you, we both don't like it. We talked about it already. Mm-hmm. And it's like what sucks is how can you change that culture? You know, for one... You can't elicit change in anybody unless they think they have a problem. So if someone thinks it's okay for, you know, a father and son to go track down a guy that looks like a robber, I'm doing air quotes, that's just jogging, you know, get and bettering himself by jogging, and you want to just go follow somebody and then gun him down and shoot him, harass him first, and then shoot him, it's like, I don't see how you can agree with them. But I know for a fact there are people that think that's just fine. Exactly. Right? And to me, it's like, how do you solve that problem? And it's, 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 it's a cultural issue. And it's not just about um, race. It's about people that actually have those ethics. I think that's okay. Oh, no, that, some, that guy looks like he's running and he's uh, looking at all the porches to see there's packages. Let's go, let's go make sure he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, for one, if you really just care about what you're doing, you don't have to worry about them. And it sounds kind of selfish that you let someone run down the street and you have no packages on your porch and they pass your house. Why does it bother you anymore? You know what I'm saying? That's a little like, 
extreme in a way. But at the end of the day, is you see someone guy running on the street, doesn't matter what their color is, and they and they look suspicious, but they pass your house. You know what I mean? I understand you can be a hero, but at the same time, worry about yourself. Exactly. That would solve that problem. And in that case, they probably thought I'm not defending them at all. They yeah. probably thought they were being heroes because they probably thought that was the person that robbed them or something like that, yeah. or robbed whatever it was. But they they probably just grew up with that mindset. They were probably taught that from young because obviously they were taught that because it was a father and son. Yeah. So obviously somebody taught the father that because I don't believe you could just grow up with that thing in your head because I believe we're all you're all a product of your surroundings and who raised you. When you think about what well, that personally, that's what I think when you think about it, because that father was probably raised by a racist father and that yeah. son that shot him up was raised by a racist father, obviously because yeah. he was shooting at him with him. And it's just, it's a vicious cycle that it just follows and follows and follows. And I believe their friends and family probably think the same way they do. Yeah, no, and for it's sure. Sad, and it's sad and it's sad that it's still happening. We're in 2020 and it's still happening. Yeah, but so this is me, um, my history teacher. So I truly believe in this. So one thing I do believe in is that there are bad people in this world, but I think that's only like 1% of the population of the whole world. That's me personally. I think there are a ton of more people that are good mm-hmm. than they are bad. That's what I think, mm-hmm. right? But with, like, I'm talking about conversations that I had on this podcast. So with Benny, when Benny says that... Um, there, um, he thinks there's a balance. There's the same amount of good as there are bad. I'm starting to see that a little bit more, right? I still feel like people. I still give people the benefit of the doubt that they're good people. Rather before I judge them, or I, I don't judge people anymore either. Cause I can't be prejudiced. I can't be judgy, because um, I met a really nice guy that um, he went to jail, right? And then I was just talking to him, and he's a cool dude. And you can see, you can see, and you can feel the change that he wants to create. Within himself. And I can't be judged. I can't be that person no more. You know what I mean? But it's like, I just talked to him and he's like, he's a really cool, he's a really cool guy. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if I were to be like, you know what? No, he's, he's a crook. He's a, he's a mean guy. Then that's only going to put a point on his chart to keep acting that way. Exactly. Because he feels like that's how society views him. So why should he change? Yeah. But that's what it is. You have to want to. You have to want to see people for who they are, not for who you think they are. Because like you just said, if you really wanted to, you could have kept thinking like that. Like, and yeah. you would have never got to know him. You would have never got to know he was a great person, probably. And you would have stayed with that preconceived notion because you didn't get to know that person. And they didn't give a chance. And they didn't get a chance to let you know them. Yeah. At the end of the day, what if what if he was a, a crook or whatever? And then whatever. Then it would have been what it is what it is. You know what I mean? At least I gave him a chance. Exactly. As long as I don't get hurt, obviously. But it is what it is. He, he didn't. He didn't do that, and he's good. He's a good. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just weird. Cultures are so crazy. And I want to go off of what you said um, about how you're raised and how you're um, who you're surrounded by. So this is me now. The way I see life and the way I I like to see things is that I have control of how, who I am, and I know that for a fact. I can always act like cranberry. Right, in any situation, I could always act like a version of me. It could be a ver- it could be the reader, it could be the writer, whatever. It could be a version of my identity, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and I get to pick and choose from my experiences of what I really want to dig into or be like. And I get that, but I still think that's a horrible excuse to be like, oh well, my dad was a molester. He wasn't, but when or you know he wasn't a molester, but my dad was a molester. So let me be a molester. You know what I mean? I don't see it that way. You have a choice. 
And if it goes against, if it goes with your core values, and then I understand you're just a bad person. But if your core values are this, and you want to perceive, and you want to do this and be perceived that way, then you're going against yourself. You're not even who that you're not even who you are. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people have a big problem. And like I said at the end of the last like our last conversation, because this is a new one in a sense. At the end of my last conversation, it was that it's funny how people care so much about how other people think think of them. I can almost guarantee you, in a people a group of protesters, and they have they're protesting, protesting about one thing. I guarantee not everyone agrees about it fully. Oh, of course not. A lot of them, a lot of them are just in it because they want to be in it and they want to be a part of something. Oh, we look the same. Or, yep, yep. If they look like me, so I gotta join it. You know what I mean? I gotta support them. I look, I, I look bad. Some, yep. If I was doing something, I'd want them to support me, so mm-hmm. I gotta jump in there and support them. Or I look bad if I don't follow. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to be like. Not, I don't want to say like shunned, but they don't want to be like kicked out the circle. Like, hey, we were out there doing it, you weren't, so you know what, you can't be with us no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, just like the notion that you talked about Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's Trump, there's there's real pro Trump supporters that are all different colors. Oh, of course, of course. Of yeah, course. I mean, it's not just the white the white people that everyone likes to make it seem like. Oh, all white people are Trump supporters, and all those supporters are racist. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I get that. But what if someone really just likes his ideology of how he is a president, regardless of the the fact that he's racist and does all this and that? I understand, but you have to look at everything full spectrum. Mm-hmm. I think people's biggest issues, and in, in especially with cultures, they get culturalized in um, a system, and they just look at that one thing, and that's it. This meet I I like that one thing, so let me be all in. You know what I'm saying? And but, that. And that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of people do. Like I said, like I told you that one quote I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast the other day when I said not all uh, Trump supporters are racist, which mm-hmm. I know I have Trump supporters in my family yeah. and they're Mexican and I know they're not racist, but a majority of the racists are Trump supporters because they see that he's getting away with it and they're like, okay, finally we have somebody that views it and I don't know if it's true, of course, because yeah. I don't know all the Trump supporters, Yeah, but... They see somebody that's viewing life just like them. They're seeing somebody that wants to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wants to act a certain way with a certain ethnicity, just like them. So, of course, they're going to say, I'm behind this guy. Yeah. And that's why, personally, I feel that's why a lot of racism is showing in today's America. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we have we have a president that's so nonchalant about it and that doesn't, you know what I mean? I haven't seen anything in the news about this kid. I haven't seen anything anywhere. Yeah. And, of course, I'm you know, pretty sure a lot of it's due to COVID and all that that's going on right now. This yeah. whole crisis we're going in America or all over the world. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's, it's a sad situation. I mean, I hope for change. I hope because I have uh, black nieces. I have a black brother. I hope for change. I wouldn't want my nieces to feel any type of way walking into a certain neighborhood. Yeah. I want them to feel just as comfortable as a person of a lighter skin shade walking into their neighborhood. Yeah. I just want, I just want everybody to feel... Like they belong, and it's it's hard. Of course, no, it's, it's tough. It, it is tough, but it's tough because I feel like, like, like growing up in the Bay Area, you can still see. I mean, I know it's it's not as bad. Like, I don't think people are are fighting over it. Like, people are in the South or in different areas. Mm-hmm. Like, I I get it. It's worse in other places. Yeah. But like, you can still feel and see the division we have in such a diverse place of as the Bay Area. We are melting pot, but it's just like you still see people picking and choosing sides yeah. and doing all that. But I mean, and I I harpen back to the whole that's all that's all they were raised. That's what they seen, so that's yeah. what they follow. Mm-hmm. That's you know what I mean. A lot of people aren't as strong minded, and they're not gonna say, "Hey, 
I'm my own person. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just hard. It's hard to do. It's hard. And they would have to go through an experience themselves if they really want to change. Like, they would have to have a friend of a different color. They would have to have a friend of a different culture if they grew up like that and they really wanted to change. Because if not, they're just going to keep they're going to keep following in the path. And they're just going to keep... Their kids are going to be like that. Their kids' kids will be like that. It all happens... It all happens on you have to want to change. You have to want to see the world from mm-hmm. a different view. You can't stay on that same view because then bad stuff happens. That's why racism will only disappear if everyone works, tells, treats it the right way in their, under their own household. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes, you know what, I understand you're white, but you can't be acting like you're privileged. Or I understand you're black, so you can't be doing all this and that. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, there's bad people in every race. There's yeah. Bad stuff. There's a lot of bad Mexicans. You can go to the internet and see a lot of bad stuff that they do. Oh, yeah, for a sure. A lot of bad stuff. But like the Kuza, like yeah, the, the, the fucking, yeah, or anywhere. There's like gangs. There's like pirate Somali pirates. There's everything. There's bad in everything. But gangs are a culture too. Yeah, gangs are a culture. That I mean, it's like I I feel like those are like obviously I haven't been in a gang. I don't know. I don't understand. But like with the the six nine thing, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't really care for any of that shit either. But it's like obviously it's like you know what? No one was there for me, so why would I be there for them? That's why I ran it. Which makes a whole bunch of sense. I get exactly. it. But at the end of the day, it's like, I understand too, you chose that life, so why the hell are you snitching? Yeah. I understand the other side too. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, everything they did, like they slept with his baby mom, could kidnap him, kidnap his mom, kidnap him, him try to beat him up. They, I understand that. They put themselves in that situation to be, to, to be snitched on, I guess you could say. Yeah, in a way, because mm-hmm. he put himself in that situation up by doing all that shit, exactly. and no one said you had to do any of that shit. Exactly, but a lot of the times people fall into those games because they don't have that strong base at home. They see somebody that's gonna take them in. You know what I mean? And yeah, want, that wants to take them. But in. I seen, I seen. Uh, it was a, I forgot who posted. Someone shared something on their story, and it was like, if you are a street or a, um, if you're in a gang, and your kids end up in the gang, then you fail. Saying, but I don't think people see it that way. You know what I mean? Because if you did that for the money, like say you're a drug dealer or whatever and you're in a gang, obviously you're trying to make money and do all this and that to, to suffice for your family. Mm-hmm. But if you end up teaching your kids the way of the hustle, that hustle, then obviously then you... You did something wrong. You, you got corrupted that. somewhere. Yeah, you wasted that because you always... I look at it like you always got to want better for your kids. You always got to want better for your kids. Yeah. Even if you have the best of the best, you want them to have better. Yeah. Because that, I feel like that's a lot of parents, that a lot of parents feel that that's their purpose. Their purpose is to have the best for their kids, to make sure their kids aren't in trouble, to make sure their kids, you yeah. know what I mean? If you were a gang member, I feel like you're at your outlook. And if you have a kid, your outlook on life should be, my kid's going to stay away from this because you know all the dangers that come with that. You know everything that follows that. You know you could have made one bad move and boom, you're in jail for your whole life. Or you're dead. Or you're dead. One yeah. wrong move, you're dead. That's why I don't understand I don't I don't understand gangs and that that kind of culture because how is that worth it? A lot of people but don't see it. I, I get it though, because some people be like, you know, this is my family. Like I you see doctor, these are my family, they got my back to protect me. I'll do anything for them. But it's like once oh. you're it's kinda like it's kinda like a job. It's kinda like a job. Like, you know, if you work in a retail job, you're easily replaceable. You work at In-N-Out, you're replaceable. Mm-hmm. Once you get fired, me and you left there how long ago? That's, that place is still running. Yep. It's, not like we, it's not like we were important. Exactly. 
And I feel like that's the same thing. Obviously, you still you feel very good. You feel very good. You know, you're at your job. You're making money. You're progressing. You're getting you're getting raises, all this and that. So you feel like you're getting taken care of. But at the end of the day, when you're gone, they're still running. And they don't care. And, and they, that six nine was a perfect thing. They don't care about you. Yeah. They don't care. They care about what you could do for them. Yeah. Once you're done doing it for them, it's you know what I mean. He's good now. Once he's getting threatened, like he's gonna snitch and stuff on them. Now we fucked up. We let somebody in that's like this. Now we gotta go handle his family. Now we yeah. gotta put something, put some measures up to make sure he doesn't snitch on us. Yeah, but that's so crazy. Like, what, like why do you go to those measures? It's because that's that's the way they live. That's their type of mentality. They, your they, life or mine. Exactly. Especially if you're in a different gang, it's your life or mine because you're in a different gang. Get you're all over what. Over a street, over a color, over what? Like you don't even know that there's like multiple colors that make that color. So you could be looking at a color thinking you're fighting for that color, but in reality, when you really break it down, that color is built between two different other colors put together. Oof, I think uh, red and blue are primary colors. Yeah. I so I don't think that anything makes those colors. But I know I get you trying to say it. It's like you should have said like yellow and green. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even, not, not even yellow. Not even yellow. Purple. Says purple and green. Red, <laughs> Yeah, red, yellow, and blue are the three primary yeah, colors. Three My primary mom got really mad at me. She's probably laughing right now because I said that. <laughs> I remember I got—I was about to get in hell of trouble for that. Because I remember I was driving to school, or my mom was driving to school, and she asked me, like, what, um, cause trying to, uh, it was a free dress day at school, at like middle school, and I was wearing these colors, and I, was, I told my mom she don't know how to match. I said, I said you, don't, you don't know anything about style, you know what I mean? She, yeah. Then she asked me what my primary colors are, and I couldn't tell her. She's like, so how do you not know about matching? You know what I mean? Because well, it's true. Yeah. And then I was like, man, and I, I didn't know. Now they're pff, embedded in my soul. I know red, blue, and yellow are primary colors for sure. You see, and it's just, it's, it's just it's a joke to me, that whole, whole but, stuff. Like, oh, fuck, but I had some, a good point. Go ahead, keep on. Some people, it's not a joke to you. Like I said, like some people just, they grow up in that, and they think, to them, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. Because they're in that little closed environment. They don't know that there's a big world out there, that you don't have to do that. Yeah, but given some people's circumstances, a lot of people just they have to. Some, they sometimes, have sometimes to. they have to. And some, they have to, and that's what's hard. It, it is hard, for sure. Man, I forgot what I really wanted to say, man. Sorry, bro. I'm just no, I no, it's the colors. I talk to talk about my mom. Oh, Damn it, mom! You made me forget. <laughs> Style. <laughs> she's really listening too. Like not right now, obviously, because it's not posted. Yeah. But she's probably like listening right Shout now. Shout out, moms! Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy belated Mother's Day. Yeah, I know. Happy Mother's Day, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on a Monday. Yeah. If not, this is gonna be a really late Happy Mother's Day shout out. <laughs> Still but, shout out to you though. We wouldn't yeah. be here without you guys. Moms make the world go round, bro. Exactly. The backbone. Man, I had a really good fucking point, bro, and I'm actually very upset. I forgot it now. Remember, remember, uh, style, you told her... No, it was about the gangs. Oh, uh, falling into the patterns? Okay, so... Oh, so it's kind of like racism, Mm -hmm. right? That's what I was going to say. It's a good thing. The pattern of, like, um... So, um, uh, this is going to be a very topic that people might hate me for, right? And I I don't care. That's how I really feel. So, like, for instance, uh, slavery. That happened such a damn, long damn time ago, Right? They did what they did so we don't have to go through that shit anymore. Give or take if they did it for that or not. They were probably forced by on their will to do it. They had no idea that shit was going to end. But slavery ended to an extent. Slavery still exists somewhere, obviously. I, that's what I heard. i never seen it or nothing like that. But it exists to an extent. And someone about, oh yeah, it does because all this and that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, how can you 
bring up your ancestors in a topic like, you know, my, my great, 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 great grandma got whipped by the white man, so I'm going to be pissed off about it and judge all these white people and be on this side. You know what I'm saying? I get it, though. Mm-hmm. I, you, you could be upset about it. But why are you going to make that your experience, too? You know what I mean? And, and hold it against everybody. That's a good point. And that's why this is so deeply rooted into something that doesn't even matter. That's it good. mattered back then because they helped you out. You're not getting whipped in, the back, in your back by the white man. You know what I'm saying? You're not. Mm-hmm. But why are you going to let make it seem like you are and be oppressed like it, like you are? Exactly. They a lot of a lot of it like you just said is right. They went through that, so you didn't have to feel that. And like you said whether they went through it through will through their own will or they went through it through forcefully. Cuz cuz that's the way it was. Cuz that 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 was the way they came here on boats. It's, it's yeah. messed up. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing you could do today that's going to change what happened. So why not look on it as like, you know what? They suffered for me, so now I'm going to thrive for them. Exactly. And that's how you have to look at things. Because if you don't, you're stuck in that negative mindset and you're holding, you're having pent-up aggression and anger towards somebody that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. Just because the 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 color of their skin. Yeah. And it's just, but that's the way people... But, but it's still rooted. It's not just rooted on, you know, African-Americans. It's rooted mm-hmm. on... Some Caucasian people, because I mean, obviously they see like, oh, I'm more superior, and it's it's not like it's not a real thing. Why some white people really do think they are more superior, and some cops think they are fucking people that can rule and be just with a gun. Obviously, there are some. There's outliers to all, but I can tell you that majority is not like that. Mm-hmm. But we make it seem like majority is like that. Because that's all we see. That's all that's portrayed in the news. That's all we see and stuff like that. We don't see a lot of the good cops doing good yeah. things. Yeah. We see all the bad cops doing bad shit. Yeah. But we don't see, they don't put the good cops out there doing things, which I'm sure there's a lot of good cops out there doing good things. And I'm sure there's some cops out there doing bad things. Not all cops are bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the ones that are bad... They get glorified. They get mm-hmm. put on the news. They get put here. So it makes people get pent up anger and aggression towards yeah. them. Which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing in the fact that it's out there and it's getting stopped little by little. Yeah. They're getting plucked out of the, the flock little by little. I mean, it's taking long and it's unfortunately people's lives are getting cost on the matter. Of it, yeah. But they're getting pulled out. But, I mean, it's just, it's just something we got to correct. In our, I guess, in our minds somehow. No, for sure. I look at them like that, but I mean, when you think about it, who are you gonna call? Who do you call when you're in trouble? Who do you call when somebody breaks into your house? Are yeah. you that same person that's like, I ain't calling the cops, fuck the cops? You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. gonna let them rob me. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like you gotta call them. I ain't no snitch. I ain't no this and that. Yeah, it's like, like I get come it. on, no, you got robbed. You want your shit back? You know yeah. what I mean? You worked hard for that stuff. Yeah. You want to call the cops? That that and that's their job is to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. And it's it's unfortunate that a lot of them. Or not a lot of them, but some of them don't certainly protect. But mm-hmm. I mean, and to kind of like kind of wrap it up on my wrap wrap up my point. If you have something to say, you can say it too. Mm-hmm. But to wrap up my point, it's that I understand people go through different stuff. I'm not saying that everyone's supposed to feel like cranberry does, because that's not the case at all. But I'm trying to say is if nothing happened to you to make you feel that kind of way, why are you gonna just follow fall into that that basket of all those people that had happened to them? Obviously, I know there are some African-Americans that get pulled over and prejudiced and, and judged by, by cops all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not a real thing. But at the same time, if it never happened to you, why are you so angry? That's my point. Because at the end of the day, you have to be present in life. Because if you're stuck in the past, you're not going to get better. You're not going to progress. The only way for you to progress is for you to make your present better. Because all the work you do right now 
benefits you later. It, not everything's instant gratification. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, oh, there it is. You know, now I know it's going to pay off. Or not every one experience has to trouble your life and change you. You know what I mean? Just because you won't do one bad thing is not forever. As long as you, unless you make it that way. Exactly. So if something happens to you and you're like, you know what? No, it's always going to happen to me now. Of course, you you have that mindset now. Now you're now you're more susceptible to it happening again. Yeah, you're playing you're playing as the underdog. Mm-hmm. You can't play as the underdog in life. You have to be present, and you can either win or you can lose. But if you win, good, keep going. If you lose, find out why you lost, and then prepare for the Get next up one. And try again. That's all it is, and that's how I feel about it. Obviously, you may not agree with me or not. That's fine. But I'm saying, if you think about it the way I just explained it, it may make more sense. So don't be upset about me saying, oh, like, um, your ancestors and all this that don't matter. It does matter because now you're in a different place. You're not getting hit in the back of your head or on the back of your back getting whipped. You know what I mean? You're not doing it. You're not getting forced to not get paid for your work. You're not doing anything like that anymore. Mm -hmm. So why let it, why let it play a big factor? Like, like, like I always say for everything, be present and take control of what you have control over. If it has nothing to do with you, don't make it have something to do for you. Exactly. And that's what I have to say. So, what do you guys say, bro? I mean, that, you kind of just hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> that was a pretty good way to, to end it. Yeah. And here's Cherry. Oh, let me show you, bro. Sit. Cherry, Cherry, sit. Cherry, sit. Sit. Speak. 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 Woo! Speak. Cherry. Speak. Oh, uh, she's on nah, the No, and I can't, I can't even edit this, boy. No, we... Speak. 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 No, louder than that, homegirl. I mean, that's as good as you're going to get. Uh, I already wasted a minute of your time trying to wait for my dog to speak. But yeah, um, thanks, Edgar, bro, for coming on, bro. Oh, yeah, man. No doubt. Super last minute, but it was a really good conversation. Yeah, this was good. It was really open. I mean, it was weird because I got really open, but it felt good at the same time. No, that's why, and that's why I like doing this, too. It's like it really helps you. Oh, you know what? Your Google Podcast is about to come into play for that spot. (laughs) (laughs) German silence. (laughs) But yeah, you know, it was really good to talk. I love talking. The thing is, I got to understand you better than I did, too. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I'm assuming anything anymore. Like, I know exactly how you think because you broke it all down. And I think, I hope everyone gets that message of you just, you should just talk and record yourself, talk about any problems that you have and then kind of self-reflect and see how you can fix it. But like I always say is that if it's in your head and you're just thinking about it, it's not real until you spit it out. Either you write it down or you say it. Because after that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in your head, your brain, your thoughts. It's going to go down into your subconscious and you're going to forget about it. Exactly. So say it, write it, whatever you need to do. Think it, be it, do it, whatever you can. What else you want to say? Do it, write it, like it. <laughs> 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 nah, oh, but thanks you guys for listening. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Oh, how you how you want people to follow you? Want people anyone to follow you? Almost oh, forgot. Oh man, yeah. And man, I almost forgot, man. What the fuck did you learn today? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to follow me, uh, hit me up on the gram at e underscore nasty four one five. I mean, I know it's a little immature name, but you were like yeah. sixteen when you made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I was like sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> but what you learned today? Uh, honestly, you just gotta be happy, be open minded, and. Don't judge a book by its cover, and always, I think the number one good key to take away is always love yourself, and if you go through anything, find somebody, talk about it, write about it, get a journal, 
do something. Don't ever let it be stuck in your mind because then you're just going to harp on it and beat yourself up over it. Right on, bro. Thanks, Edgar. Yeah.